This is the Life Origami Podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will be reading to you from our book, The Lost Guru. Uncover the mental habits that prevent you from fully inhabiting your life and accessing your intrinsic wisdom. We'll read a portion of the book. Amethyst and I will have a conversation about it, and then we'll put them out three times a week until the book's complete. Enjoy the show. So in the last podcast, in the last reading of our ebook, we were talking about the 10 characteristics of people who fully inhabit their lives. And we left you hanging <laughs> at where do you go now in order to learn these 10 fundamental characteristics? Well, people, many people look to an outside source like a guru who seems to have all the answers in life. Yet, by doing this, we miss out on the greatest opportunity to know who we are and what we want. Now you may be wondering where a person can turn to find those answers and here is a thought to consider. What if there was a guru who had a treasure trove of wisdom and insights customized for you? You would want to meet that guru, right? The truth is that guru who's been storing up all those insights distinctions and wisdom for you is within you. That's right, you are the lost guru. Cue guru music. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's controversial. Sorry, I just messed this up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if this is true, why have you not heard this before? Well, the reason is you have been separated from your lost guru. <laughs> You're... <laughs> Uh, this is not perfect recording, is it, folks? But I hope you're enjoying. Enjoy. We're going to leave it in raw and un uncut. <laughs> so your inner voice has been drowned out by the projections, judgments, and negative dialogue of the ego. This occurs because the ego's anxious and paranoid voice dominates your quiet, subtle inner voice. The reason this is so important is your inner voice speaks from the current context of your entire lifetime. So exposing the ego is imperative to being able to connect with your inner voice. You are faced with a choice. You can choose to continue to dance with the ego, other people's agendas, or instead follow the lead of your lost guru, which dances with the act of witness and the ego are very dancing with the active witness and the ego are very different there is a different rhythm tone and energy of the arrogant ego versus the quiet subtle inner voice of your lost guru it's like they are singing singing different lyrics to your favorite song that it the song that is your life the ego tends to be insecure angry and fearful the inner voice is quiet, unassuming, gentle, and supportive. The inner voice is never critical, judgmental, or unkind. It simply reflects the reality and truth from your life experience, all with an eye to what is in your best interest. The inner voice awaits your inquiry and interest, whereas the ego busts in and disrupts your party. 
it enjoys another type of party, the infamous pity party. It's a party theme with different guests who are there to flog you with their opinions and conditioning. We have been conditioned to automatically trust people who seem to know what they're doing. We've been taught to look up to them, follow and mimic them. Some other gurus even recommended that you model yourself after them. They suggest that choosing to model yourself after someone else will shorten your learning curve. How so? The assumption is that if you follow their methods, which they created and learned from the context of their own lives, you'll bypass your learning curve. Except they aren't you and you aren't them. When you follow their life lessons, you miss out on the opportunity to extract the insights and lessons from your own life. In our, in our experience, if anything, following others' how-to manuals tends to lengthen your learning curve. It actually wastes the time, effort, energy, and resources spent trying to fill, fit the square peg of their life into the context, aka round hole, of your life experience. You lose twice. You waste the time spent trying to assimilate their methods and you also lost the opportunity to spend that time on something you do and know already. You actually have heard of the lost guru. You just know it by a number of different labels and descriptors. Perhaps you've heard people talk about their intuition, that still small voice, little heart, sixth sense, gut feeling, clairvoyance, second sight, and instinct. Whatever label you prefer matters not. It does not change the fact that it exists. The question and challenge is, how do you access your lifetime of wisdom and insights? The short answer is that you have to build a relationship with the lost guru within. So that's the section of the audiobook, and now we're going to have a little conversation about it, Amy. Okay. So the part that kind of <laughs> leapt out uh, at to me as we're reading it um, is like we talked about, you know, that many people we like to look for outside teachers, right? Mm -hmm. Outside guru, outside guru. Well, yeah. the other thing that leapt to mind leapt to my mind is the. The amount of money that's spent every year, people going to seminars, workshops, mm. seeking out teachers, online courses, mm -hmm. um, trainings, uh, the latest mm -hmm. and greatest. Uh, uh, they have those summits where they have 40 different speakers that speak for an oh. hour and then they, they, get, they let you listen for free, but then it disappears after 24 hours. All, and there's so oh, many people that know so used, much stuff. I used to go to those um, back yeah. when I was first starting my business 14 years ago. Mm. Um, and I remember I would go to these Power Within conventions and I would meet all kinds of different people. And the speakers were all famous people. I'd get to meet them. They'd sign my books. And we're constantly talking about positive things, which is all great. But it wasn't specific to me and what it was that I was trying to learn and accomplish and I recall asking you I went and bought tickets to see 
Dr. Phil and I asked you <laughs> if you would come with me and you said, well, <laughs> I don't really do those things anymore, but since I got a ticket um, for <laughs> you and we were supposed to have breakfast with Dr. Phil and he didn't show up for breakfast, I guess he wasn't and hungry. And then he mocked us. And then he mocked us for having the tickets in the front row, um, having paid more money than and then somebody sitting behind us and they have just as good a seat, which he had a point. It was quite funny. Yeah. But it was all ego having to have the front seat, right? Anyway, I used to run all to these power within conventions and meet all these people. That, that's kind and, of an oxymoron. And well, tell me why. <laughs> the power within. You don't have to go somewhere to find the power within. It's, <laughs> it's already there. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. But <laughs> I, I spent so many dollars going to hear what somebody else did. Because they talk about how they how they made it. You know, right. it's from it's, scratch. Yeah, it's it's right? certainly entertaining and It is. And it gives you a lot of um, uh, hope yep. that you can do it. And, you know, I can do it. I can do this. Rah, rah, but the question rah, rah, is, rah, do rah, what? Big boom bang. They, don't, they can't tell you what to do. You have to figure it out for yourself, right? So mm. after some point, I stopped chasing after the gurus and I started figuring out for myself what it is that I wanted. And once I knew that, then I was able to go after it. Yeah. And the really interesting thing is we had, we went on a, I think about 8,000, 5,000 mile road trip. We drove from Canada to Indianapolis, Indiana for the Indianapolis 500. And on the way back, we were talking, you have a lot of time in the car when you're traveling you yeah. know, 2,500 miles, uh, you know, 3,500 kilometers in I think a, a that's course how, of five or six days. I you spent a lot of time in the car. I think that's how fast I was talking the whole time we were there, too. <laughs> but but we had, I had this epiphany. Uh oh Because I remember we were in the car, and I'm saying, holy crap, I just figured it out. What, what the problem was with the self-help industry is yeah. that all these gurus are giving you their cheat sheet and uh, sharing their life wisdom mm -hmm. but the problem is you're not them you'll never be in that i'll never be an anthony robbins you'll never be greg dixon <laughs> and you know like you we said in earlier part in the earlier reading of this book no one else can do you better than you and no one is going to have the con the life context that Anthony Robbins had that shaped him is learn the things that he's learned over the yeah, course of his lifetime. That's, right. that's a treasure trove that he has that no one else no one else is ever going to have. So you yeah. can't become mimicking and copying other people. So the insight was, in, and this is what we created Life Organic Corporation around was that. There's an opportunity. We felt that there's an opportunity to do something we call training enhanced coaching in our business, where we provide training. You go and apply the training, and then you come back into a coaching session after having done the training, gone out and tried to implement the training. Then we coach you, and we found it significant growth in that. And this and its reason is is because we use that model to help people access their their lost guru. The active witness. That's right. And then they um, uh, figure out, they tweak it. They figure out how it works for them. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of information they learn. Um, we, we're always learning from people. Um, right. But the, the key is to learn how you learn. And yeah. 
We used to say University. you have university. Y O U university. <laughs> uh, geek. <laughs> I, it hurts sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So that's the whole thing about uh, gurus. And there was something here that I really liked. Um, hmm. See, one of the things that that I think about oh. is that there's there's a different rhythm. See, the the voice, the subtle, quiet voice of the lost guru is drowned out by our ego. Right. And by the uh, busyness yeah. of life. I like this. Um, of course, I like it. We wrote it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ego <laughs> busts in and disrupts yeah, your yeah. party. Doesn't it remind you of kind of like a, um, a, a nasty roommate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah actually. Who comes into your house and eats all your food and... And, uh, You're such it. a loser. You're going to eat that? <laughs> you know, do you, do, you, do, you, do you ever do your hair? You know, do you ever look in the mirror? I mean, the ego, you know, the, that's, that critical voice, the tyrant, the tyrant or the ego, uh, it, it busts in and says, oh, guess what? I'm here. Oh, you need this. Right? You, you need to do this. You need to do that. It, and... It's this, and we end up in this pity party, right? That's what we talked about in the part that we just read. And we just end up kind of getting lost in that, that mire, that conversation that, that we start following those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So what else um, was interesting to me um, was mm. about the lengthening. It actually lengthens your learning curve. Yeah. Um, following after someone who says, "Oh, I can, I can uh, um, cause, I can um, I tell can help you. you." Pardon? People are saying that they can help you. Is that what you're saying? Well, um, we miss out on the opportunity to extract the insights and lessons from our own life. Right. right? Um, so it's about their how-to manuals, the thumb drives, right? Right. And they say that it, they're trying to save us um, the time and the energy. Just do what I tell you to do. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is we don't have the context of their life. And right. so it actually lengthens the curve. Um because we actually uh, waste the time and the effort and the energy and the resources trying to fit their life context and everything they have to say into our own life experience. So when we talk about losing twice, um, it's because you waste the time um, yes. spent trying to assimilate their methods and you also lose on the opportunity to spend that time on something you do and already know. Yeah, so that's really expensive because you, you you've you've lost twice the time the time you invested and the time you wasted. Uh -huh. And you know I think that that's the thing is there if there's one takeaway from this particular part of our audiobook, I would say, you know, learn to listen to yourself first. In order to do that, you're gonna have to spend time alone probably. You're gonna have to learn to be quiet. Pay attention to what's going on. What's going on for you? Sometimes we get so busy yeah. and we don't have time. We can't even think in our own head. 
you know, it was just <laughs> such a onslaught. I remember uh, being in the lab when yeah. I was um, studying science, actually, mm-hmm. and I was in the laboratory and I always had my homework done. So I would get in there and just go at it. I knew what to do. Yeah. And there'd be students who were just kind of um, didn't do their homework and they're there asking you questions because they're lost and they're always coming over and they're coming over and they're coming over to where my lab section is hmm. and I'm trying not to get burnt up by the Budson burner, right? Because <laughs> they're in there, I got acid and, you know, and you're busy we're doing dealing your with experiment. bacteria, microbiology and oh, wow. all this stuff and they're there and they're in your face and they're asking you questions and I said, I can't think in my own head, <laughs> you know, yeah. because there was this onslaught of of questions and I'm just trying to I'm just trying to do my work and pay attention to the feedback of what I'm doing so that I know what my next step is going to be in the lab Um, because it's always a learning process so it's the same kind of thing um, right we're talking about here exactly so one of the great noise makers in our life are our smartphones (laughs) I mean one of the things you can do to create more silence Here's a question for you. What's that? If they're smartphones. <laughs> Why do they make us feel so dumb? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the learning curve of oh. the smartphone, right? <laughs> yeah. The, it's funny you say that. You talk about the, when we talk, yeah, we need to talk about the learning curve. I, was, I thought we should end it here, but I got something to say about the learning curve. <clears throat> so, you know, um, you can always tell how long somebody's been a business coach by the stories that they have because the number of people they've coached. So I've got this story. This one group of entrepreneurs came to me. They're asking for help with a business plan to get financing, get things organized amongst four partners and stuff. And and uh, uh, they were really wanting to hurry things up. And there was a particular conversation, and they're saying, well, what if we spent, a, you know, we you know, we spend some more money and do this and this. And I said, the problem is you can't spend your way out of a learning problem. You can't bypass the learning curve of this particular problem. What it was is they had to sit down as partners and talk about because our research, basically, Mm. they, they went... When I did the research and looked at their market share, in order for them to be successful, they would have had to have had a market share of 150% (laughs) right? to make their business viable. And I said, you guys got to go back to the learning curve. And and they said, well, Greg, can we just pay you to do this? I said, no, you guys Mm. need to you guys need to go back to the drawing board and do the work. You can't spend your way out of this learning is a learning problem. In our lives. When we write a business plan, mm. um, that is a way of us working through it to find out what it is we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and all the the, um, the instrument, the, sorry, the marketing and the industry analysis yep. that we have to do and all the, the statistics mm-hmm. um, and look into all that kind of stuff. Um, so if they were to hire you to do their business plan, they wouldn't have the knowledge of the experience of figuring it out it wouldn't even be according to what they want because sometimes when we're writing a business plan we look at it and say well that's not going to work or yeah this i prefer this instead the business plan would be through as seen through my eyes not their eyes yeah yep so 
um, when I first wanted to open my um, store, I mentioned it to somebody I was working with at the time, and they said, oh, well, you should be able to do that in two, uh, in two months. Just, you know, go order all the product you want and, and lease a store and set up the product, and you're in business. Mm. And I said, well, I don't really want a retail store. That's not what I, you know, was envisioning. Right. And um, I'm losing track of my thought here. But you know the point that you're making the uh, thing oh, that we about want the business, mm -hmm. right? Um, that I couldn't, um, I couldn't hire you to do it for me. I had to figure out what you it was. Do your I own thinking. To do. And then you put me to work, and you said, "Okay, you have to do all this work to to prove to yourself that it's viable." Yep. And so we looked at it, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to sell this amount of product." And you said, "Well, you're going to have to sell a lot of product to pay for your rent." So you're going to have to come up with another idea on what you're going to do to um, finance this uh, mm -hmm. venture. And then that's when it became experiential. Right. It became real to you. Well, experiential in the sense that the, um, the experience my customers would have right. is they would come in and they would have parties yeah, yeah. and they would get their hair done, face paint, um, costuming, go out and... Um, have dinner theater style puppet shows and karaoke and all this stuff for, for kids. Mm -hmm. And if I had done it originally and had just a bunch of product come in, I would have just another Club Libby Lou, which was something that um, was in the United States that I initially thought I would like mm -hmm. to um, kind of reproduce in Canada. And it ended up not being my cup of tea. I wanted something completely different, and so I wasn't going to go to another guru like uh, Club Libby Lou or Ruby Star or any mm -hmm. of these um, kind of things where the kids dress up in costumes and go sing and have cake. I didn't want that. <laughs> I wanted an animatronic Disneyland. Cake. I wanted um, kind of thing. I wanted a Build-A-Bear thing. I wanted all these different experiences that I find so exciting um, right. with the kids. I wanted that in my store. So and, and, and that's because you did the work. I listened that's to because you what went it through was. the learning. You went through your own frustrating, slow, laborious learning curve. And I paid attention to what I found to be fun. Right. And my kids found to be fun. And that's what I wanted the adventure to be. I wanted it to be fun and nobody else could tell me. They somebody said to me, "Why don't you have computers? Teenagers are into computers. Have a computer lab in there." And I'm thinking, that's not what I want to do. Right. And so if I had listened to all those devil's advocates, um, that's what they called themselves, yeah. I would have never had you would the never business. Have started. That's right. I would have probably ducked out. Right. So we've only, you know, kind of, we've just kind of gone through this a little bit here. And, you know, the thing that I think is it, to take away from this recording and our, our commentary on... This, this part of our audiobook and, and the ebook is that you can't short shrift your learning curve and that there's actually a lifetime of wisdom within you about your life, insights and lessons and experiences that if you learn how to tap into that, you'll be amazed what you can achieve. So next week, mm -hmm. uh, so we're doing these Monday, I was thinking, Amy, we do these release these Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Sounds good. And we will release them 
perhaps when people are going to work and coming home? Yeah, yeah. early in the morning they'll be available. Uh, we'll have them come out early in the morning. Would so that, that if be... you're going to work. So it'd be about, we'll set them up for 6 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. It'd be about 8 o'clock Eastern Time yeah. each day. And then you guys can listen to it on the way to work or on the way. And it'll already be there when you're on the way back from work or whenever you're cleaning the house or whatever that might be. Excuse me. <laughs> um, but uh, so we'll release them Monday, uh, Wednesday and Friday and uh, we look forward to your feedback again you can right. follow up with us at uh, through Anchor through an audio comment or on Tapebook you can find Greg Dixon my username is A Greg D. you can find Amethyst uh, Peony Dixon at, on Tapebook as well I don't remember your username or handle, but they can find you. And it's a pretty small community right now, but we'll be in touch. And uh, if you leave us a comment, you want to dive into this and expand on anything that we've shared here, we'd love to hear from you either on Twitter. You can find us at Life Origami on Twitter, at Life Origami on Facebook. Or a really novel idea, if you want to talk on the, something called a telephone, <laughs> that old-fashioned your, your smartphone uh, <laughs> you can reach us at 403-307-8281 always happy to chat have a really great day and we'll talk to you again soon <laughs>